Hello and welcome to Diminishing Returns. Today we're going to be returning to the X-Men franchise, stock out Deadpool in anticipation of Deadpool 2, and then pitch our own collective idea for the sequel to Deadpool, which even by our standards is pretty out there this episode. Um, this podcast, of course, contains spoilers for Deadpool, as well as the rest of the X-Men film franchise. Enjoy! Hello! Yes, today we're talking about Deadpool. I'm a smarmy Yorkshireman with perfect teeth, and with me <laughs> are Gruff Barnsley uh, um, man. <laughs> Say hello, Gruff hello. Barnsley man. Hello. And token Mexican seven man. <laughs> oh, hey, Calvin! Ah, I'm sure this podcast is going to treat me with the sort of racial uh, sensitive touch that Deadpool took towards its racial characters. Hey, man. <laughs> Do you know what I was doing there? Because obviously the credits for uh, yes. the film are... Yeah. We're, we're, being, yes. very, we're being very meta as well. We're going to address the audience yeah. throughout. Yeah. Hello, Turn to listener. camera. Wink to the camera. Mm, I bet they'll edit this out. <laughs> yeah, I, I made that note immediately as well. My first note was, yeah, even the opening credits are meta. They're really yeah. setting the stall out yeah. straight away, aren't they? Yeah. So anyway, yeah, in anticipation of Deadpool 2, which I believe is being released as the superhero movie antidote to the Avengers Infinity War, which uh, is undoubtedly tearing up well, the box office right now and uh, yeah and i'm sure no one needs an antidote to it because you know well you know it's uh it's not as obviously deadpool is it's not a spoof exactly but it's a comedy it's light-hearted it's fourth well, like wall all breaking. of marvel's films oh, right, fourth yeah, wall breaking fourth. no no but the other two uh hmm uh, but yeah, anyway, Deadpool was a big surprise surprise hit. Yeah, I'm going to go out on well, that one, actually, yeah. It seemed to surprise everyone, but to me it was so obvious that that was going to be a massive hit. I don't know, I, mm. I found it really weird that it caught everyone off guard. It just seemed like such a an obvious thing to do, but it had a very um, bumpy road into production, a very troubled pre-production history. Mm. Um so, yeah, I don't know. I, I, it just always struck me like it would be a really obvious, like successful film people would like, and hmm. for for the reasons that people liked it when it came out. Hmm. Um, hmm. He first appeared in uh, X Men Origins Wolverine. Um, yes, I was who, going to ask Alan if he, yeah. uh, not being the comic book or superhero fan out of the three of us, if he sort of understood what this was and where it fit in, and uh, <laughs> well, all those yeah, I know. Obviously, <laughs> you had him in uh, the Wolverine film with the same guy because he likes the character, I guess. And yep. that they fucked that up, uh, mm -hmm. but that was like the proper origin, wasn't it? That that's in the comic books, and this is just like okay, we can just create him somehow, and then we'll no, on. the no the X Men Origins Wolverine, um, they kind of got the character pretty spot on for like the first half of the film, and then they inexplicably yeah. like sew his mouth up and give him like laser beam powers and make him some weird robot, yeah. and that isn't in the comics at all, it's just oh, some right. utter 
gibberish nonsense they just wrote into the film. And that part of why everyone was so angry with the film was they were just like, what? But why him being a loudmouth is the whole point, isn't it? Like, that's, yeah. He's, he's the wisecracker. Yeah. And they got the Wade Wilson part down, but then they didn't manage to turn him into anything even close to resembling Deadpool uh, in that film. It was a very weird decision. So, yeah, they just kind of acted like that film never happened. Um, As mm. did so everybody else. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, for the longest time, they were pushing to just kind of go ahead with this Deadpool film with Ryan Reynolds still in the the role, um, which was an odd thing, rather than properly outright start... Well, no, it is properly outright starting anew, but they just couldn't get funding, they couldn't convince any of the studio heads, the same people who thought it was a good idea to sew his mouth up in the first place, I suppose, to have any faith in it. And it was that... Uh, they did like a, a kind of internal teaser real um, with the character that they went out and shot with their own money to proof of concept, I suppose you'd call it. Mm. And that eventually got leaked online, uh, almost certainly on purpose by the people who made it. Fans went crazy for it, and the reaction was enough to convince the people at Fox that this film was worth putting money into, and eventually it it got the funding, and Hmm. here we are. Um, yeah. So this is set within the X-Men film universe, but it is sort of a yeah, it's a sidestep, isn't it? Yeah, cuz X-Men yeah. is not when I was a boy, X-Men was not at Marvel. Um mm. and now it's a mess where some of them are and some of them aren't. <laughs> well, X-Men aren't at Marvel still. This is part well, there's of X-Men oh. in this film and it's a Marvel film. No, this is ne- this is an X-Men film. Well, well Disney bought 20th Marvel. Century Fox, so yeah, but if that deal even gets properly all the way through, um, apparently we won't be seeing any X-Men characters till, like, Phase 5 at the earliest, so... Oh, because Bob, Bob Iger it. said that Deadpool would be integrated within the Marvel uh, Universe, but then I suppose that might just be... You know, yeah, I, for the fans, I, I, but by then Ryan Reynolds won't might not even be playing the... the well, part. that's it. It'll probably be a fresh take on them all anyway. I think... This is this is the thing. Uh, the X Men universe, Fox were kind of desperate to emulate what um, the Avengers did, just as every other studio was desperate to emulate what the Avengers did after two thousand and twelve. Mm. And they, you can see it in the films. They started having end credits tags that didn't really work on on X Men movies. And, they brought uh, back the old cast for Days of Future Past, have a yeah, big team up thing. Yeah. And, you know, they dabbled in doing spin-offs of their own with the Wolverine one, and there was a Magneto one in the works that never really got made. That became first class. Yeah, but it's only kind of post-Marvel really pioneering the the business model that they've had the faith to um, follow through and make stuff like Logan and this. And I think this was very much the first one that really was distinctly going off on a tangent and being its own thing and not you know part of the the Marvel universe sorry the not part of the the mutant fox x-men universe as we know it um yeah. although it is you know it's still part of that world it's still part of that continuity mm. uh, 
and and that's that's part of why it's a very weird film because it, it's it is a full blown comedy, um, but it is set within the same continuity as Logan and all these other films, except it plays very loose with the continuity, and one of the characters is completely recast in a in a way where we're kind of just expected to treat him as something new. Obviously, we have to ignore X Men Origins Wolverine altogether. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also, but then there's been problems with X Men's continuity for a while, anyway. So it's, oh yeah, it's not um, <laughs> it's not the only film to to kind of mess around with it. Mm, totally. Well, I'm, totally. I must say, what I watched this today, um, having never seen it before, and I was kind of looking forward to. It. I thought this is a different take on things. I, I think it'll be enough difference to watch it. And what I really liked about it was the fact that. I wasn't going right. How does this tie into so and so? Captain mm. America's done a little cameo. How does what does that mean? You know all that bullshit. Um, mm. And it was like after watching the Avengers and stuff, like it was nice to just watch a film that was self-contained. There was and the references that it have are more like pop culture references. Like he's talking about James McAvoy and Patrick Stewart playing the same character and stuff like that. Mm. Which is all a bit weird, fourth wall meta kind of. Ooh, so, which is not as clever as it thinks it is. But, yeah. <laughs> you know, it was, at least, it, it, I felt at least it was something different, a slightly different tone. It was quite small scale as these big superhero films go, which is what I prefer. You know, mm. I, I, I'm not bothered about the action. I'm not bothered about seeing alien gods smashing a city. Mm. I'm, I'm all right with a, a fight well, between two guys. That's all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I think you're glad, basically it was quite a low budget film yeah, for the kind exactly, of film yeah. that it is. So they couldn't mm. do huge action. And I think you're pleased with that i I think the sequel Mm. almost certainly has a huge budget (laughs) um so i imagine we'll get a lot more action and you probably won't like it as much but we'll see but but it it begins with a very very stylized action Mm. sequence which even though you know essentially it's just a couple of car accidents like it's not that major thing but they turn it into a big thing having all this slow-mo bit and all this cgi stuff in it um I guess that works, you know. It's yeah, I think it's a, a really good opening. It's, it's, visually, it works. So that yeah, you've got Angel it. of the Morning playing over it. It's a nice juxtaposition. It, it really kind of sets the tone for what mm. the film's going to be, which is you know, sarcastic, meta, a bit you know, offbeat. Um, I, I, I don't know. Calvin could go either way, but I, I think I'm probably going to be the dissenting opinion on this film. Um, mm. Because, in theory, I think it's wonderful that this film happened. I I think, in theory, Deadpool and and this sort of thing, brilliant. In practice, I think this film is kind of the sort of lowest common denominator, like, hack comedy writing that, of course, Mm. everyone lapped it up and it made loads of money. Um, I, I definitely know what you mean. Yeah, I'm not sure. I'd, I I enjoyed it basically, so I, yeah, I, I mean, it, but I know it, it exactly really, what you're talking about. I watched it again for this podcast record for the first time since I saw it in the cinema, and I I was focused a lot more on. I kind of let it wash over me more the first time, and it, I was mm. more analyzing the jokes properly this time, and it is one of these things where I I like the light-hearted tone of it. But if I was to actually pick out individual jokes that I enjoyed and that I'd really stand behind, there's very few 
that I think are actually good chokes, and I was really looking for them after a while. I oh, think the opening, yeah, opening you've credits. Taken the words right in my mouth. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's exactly how I feel. I'm, I'm probably less um, going to be going to be less of a dissenting voice than you are. Like I still enjoyed it on the second time around but then I didn't really make notes as I was watching it through for this one but then when it came to just sort of before we started recording tonight I was sort of like okay well I'm going to talk about my highlights Uh, what bits did I think were funny (laughs) and then I could think of the opening credits and the pegging bit which I don't know if I like (laughs) the pegging bit you know it's not like a great gag but it's memorable the the Um, pegging bit even annoyed me because again it was so like I remember in the cinema that happened and there was this wave of like like in the cinema of all these people being like having their masculinity like (laughs) called into question and being offended by it and well yeah i mean i'm like that bit i i my immediate thought was like surely the joke there would be him going oh and like enjoying it like that would be a better joke plus the the idea is they're going through the year and they're celebrating the different holidays and and that one's international women's day as if international women's a... day is about fucking men up the arse <laughs> like i don't know that's not yeah, that's not really yeah. what it's about but okay and he's a very um <laughs> he's a very homoerotic character is deadpool yeah uh, well he is um brian reynolds in general is a very oh is he the character that's what I believe. Oh, um, okay. That would yeah. explain it. Yeah, oh, I mean, I doubt they're days. ever really going to go there with the films, but... Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. I hope uh, that'll, yeah, so that'll before be interesting we... in the cinema, those same people, be, if he <laughs> kisses a guy and it's not a joke. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we get into the film too much, can I just uh, ask about Ryan Reynolds? Mm. Yeah. Um, what's what's he about? What's the, what's all that about? Because I know he, he played Green yeah. Lantern, didn't he? Yes. Yeah. And, and they they of I, course I've... bring that up about three times in this. Yeah. Movie. And I've seen him in a couple of things, but he's like one of those people who I don't really know what I know him from. Do you know? But he's he always yeah. seems to be around doing something. Mm. I know exactly what you mean. I I think he he's like a really inherently likable screen presence. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what he gets by on, because as even this film points out, he's not the greatest actor in the world. Mm -hmm. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I I have seen him in stuff. He he pops up in things just for, like, a little joke a lot. He's done a few Family Guy episodes, and Ted, he had a little cameo in. Um, He did the film called Buried that I remember, Oh yes, uh, where the, the entire film was just him in a coffin for ninety minutes. Mm. Was that it, was that like the legit acting att- like the castaway? I think mm. so. Yeah, and to yeah. be fair to him, you know, he he, he carried the film for ninety mm. minutes. Um, wasn't mm. but he he? I think he first came to my attention doing Van Wilder Party Liaison. Oh, of course, um, yeah, he was, Van and Wilder. that was very that kind of post American Pie teen comedy. He fits that mold quite well. And you could see him doing like um, um, what's his face, um, Jason Bateman, that kind of character, yeah, you know? like yeah. in those in, in Date Night and and, and like yeah. those shitty comedies like that. But he doesn't seem to do that. I don't. I can't think of anything that Ryan Reynolds does that that kind of romance rom com or more kind of bromance comedy that sort of thing. Well, I, well, I think it he, feels like I that's his mold, but he's not. He doesn't quite yeah. do. That. I think his breakthrough was um, he did a sitcom called Two Guys, A Girl, and a Pizza Place that I've never seen, but his fans always bring up. Uh, then he did loads of comedy 
like bit parts and stuff, like Harold and Kumar and Scrubs and so on, just little roles and stuff. And it, he, he's kind of just like forced his way into being a a leading man um, somehow. But he has done those those rom coms. I'm sure of it. He did. Yeah. Uh, he definitely did a rom com with like Sandra Bullock or something. I haven't seen it, but I remember the trailer. Oh, the proposal. Yeah, is he in that? That's him. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's exactly the sort of poster. I've just looked at the poster. That's exactly. And he the did. Sort of film. He did the change up <laughs> with Jason Bateman. Have you seen that? That's a bad. Yes, exactly maybe that's why I'm thinking. Maybe that's yeah. why I'm thinking. Okay, so he does do that sort of stuff then. Yeah. Yeah. It's, I think, but I think it's one of those people where, yeah, he's like one of a few people that fits that kind of character, and I just don't quite necessarily put always put the name to the face, or it's not mm. a very memorable. Uh, he's just quite ephemeral, isn't he? And then just on Ryan Reynolds, like obviously he's very passionate about this character in this film, and like, he's probably a big driving force behind why it actually happened. He played the character in when was Origins Wolverine two thousand and nine, so like seven years prior. Should this character have been a bit younger? Like should it be, or should it have been played by a younger man? I should say because Ryan Reynolds, I don't know actually how old he is, but he must be forty I plus at this point. Be... He's... He's four. Hang on, he's forty-two, and he's forty-one now. Right. Okay. So he'll have been. Yeah. yeah like I might be completely wrong in saying this, but um, I don't think hmm. it really matters. I, I think the character's always got his mask on in the comics. Whenever I've seen him, um, hmm. I, I I think he really does nail the character. And if there's one thing I can really sing the praises of this film for, it's that it gets the character, and it does. Exactly what the the Deadpool comics that I've seen uh, do, it you know adapts them to film pretty much tonally as they are. Um, so mm. yeah, uh, I w- I wasn't worried about his age particularly. I think he looks like that kind of still looks like that mid thirties straight down the middle kind of guy. What I did like actually was that the girlfriend of his character. Uh, the actress who plays her, she wasn't like 23 or something like that. She was a similar sort of age. Mm-hmm. It felt They felt like a, a solid match. And when, when you see them getting together, and because they're a bit older, it does feel... Because it's a very sort of quick montage that just shows them falling in love, blah, blah, blah. But it does feel a bit more sensible because they're older, not some bits of kids going, oh, we're going to be in love forever. It, it felt like these guys have got a bit of history. They know a bit about life and they've come together. And so I think that worked for me better because they were older. Hmm. Interesting. Although she still works like in a strip club, so I don't know what I don't know what age. What's the mandatory retirement age? There, I, my notes are so sporadically all over the place here, and it's it's really a lot of complaints. <laughs> so I'm not sure like how much we're going to get out of going through this on a scene by scene basis because the story is so bland, and really it's just a collection of comedy scenes. My one of my notes uh, is uh, very similar. There actually is the. Um, Mm. Uh, every single cast member who isn't Ryan Reynolds is so generic and dull in this film, apart from maybe T.J. Miller, mm. who's just mm. uh... <laughs> well, even his even his character really falls into that def- that character guy. Like, oh well, you know, you should do this. Oh, okay, let's just do. A yeah, it's improvised for three hours and use like that 10 kind of, of side side talking. In- yeah, which is <laughs> it, which is fine. It works, but. It's just like I've seen that character a lot, and it's always that hey, wise-cracking sort of side character. You you look like a gorilla fucked a piece of sandpaper. <laughs> that's that's mm. an un- unpleasant thing to say. 
There's um, <laughs> I, I like uh, the two X Men that do appear in the film. There's uh, Colossus, Calvin. who was recast You're like a Punch and Judy puppet. Fucked, um, Jimmy Carr. <laughs> so there's uh, there's Colossus <laughs> who was uh, recast from the main series because the actor who plays him in the proper films didn't like that he was going to be completely CG'd. So they got like a Russian accented man into. Yeah. Well, you see, I hate that they recast him. I didn't realize there was a proper story behind it. Um, I didn't realize they tried to go for the original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think the, Daniel yeah. Cudmore is his name. Like, this is the thing. It's like he's not—he's not the kind of actor that you'd think would turn down parts, <laughs> you know, because he thought, "Oh, this is beneath me." Mm. But uh, apparently, I think it was something to do with they were going to have the character be all CG anyway, um, and he didn't like that. So they were like, "All right, then, goodbye." <laughs> um, yeah, and, and that was it. I it annoys me that they've completely re-established the continuity about who that character is as well. Oh yeah, he's I know in this film where they do it with Deadpool, like it's silly to get hung up on that. But mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just well, it bugs I, me. I think he, here he's an actual character. In the other films, he isn't. True. He's just uh, you know a classic Brian Singer casts mm. a pretty boy in a. <laughs> not very, not uh, terribly. Um, oh, is that okay? Is that should I not have said that? Because well, I because he doesn't. No, it's fine. Oh, right. He's in a he's little just, bit. Of you know, he's, he's part of this Me Too scandal. With yeah, yeah, yeah. No, well, that, that's antics, it. It's like... And I'm wondering if Deadpool Two is going to make some jokes about him raping people. Oh God, probably not. <laughs> uh, but you know, he is just that. Uh, yeah, Daniel Cudmore is an attractive man, but probably not a very good actor, or at least I've not seen him in anything else that would suggest he is. Um, and he, uh, like, he's. The Colossus is a proper, like, comic foil to Deadpool because he's sort of like your traditional, uh, you know, upstanding superhero who's gonna talk, you know, speechify about justice and uh, doing what's right and all that kind of stuff. And Deadpool can undercut that with something um, funny. So that's all good. I like their dynamic. I like the Negasonic, Negasonic teenage... Warhead. Sorry, I was consulting my notes. Um, that character, like right? that, that character, and that name—is that a name yeah. from a comic book? Is it a joke about how comic book names are really shit? I uh, believe she's I from think, the comic. I was gonna say, I think she's a real character. I don't know if they've pulled out a character with the stupidest name possible as a joke, or if she was written as a joke in the comic originally. I don't know. But <laughs> yeah. Okay. But they're definitely aware of how stupid it is. Obviously, it's you know, it's like an Ant Man when 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 uh, when they do a joke and they're like Ant Man, and he's like, "That's a stupid name." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Now we've we've done the joke, so you can't. Everyone watching, <laughs> the human spider. <laughs> <laughs> um. But I like those characters. I like that they go back to the X mansion, all that stuff. Mm, uh, yeah, I I felt I kind of wish the film had some more like ties to the proper franchise because mm. it 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 doesn't feel like a conscious effort to make it its own standalone thing. It really does just feel like oh, we couldn't afford anyone better <laughs> than like we've got these two X Men and. I don't know. Mm. I was surprised that Hugh Jackman never turned up either as himself or mm. just for like one shot as Wolverine. 
Um, yeah. Because I, I, I know that him and Ryan Reynolds, ha- you know, had, like, social media fake feuds and that sort of thing. Um, <laughs> they did use his face. Yeah, 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 but I thought he was going to, like, have a proper uh, proper cameo, but he never did. I mean, I guess he, he kind of did that beautifully in... Um... Was it X Men? First class. First class. Yeah, when he's in the one shot. Yeah, he tells him to fuck off. Yeah, they're probably not going to top that. Yeah, having him pop up for one scene in this. So, Mm. and I doubt he will do again now that he's seemingly retired the character. Yeah, I, I, yeah. Although Patrick Stewart says he's open to it, but I guess we'll get to that later. Mm. Mm. Um, let's see. Um, if there's one thing that I think this film gets wrong about the character, at least my understanding of him, um, and I kind of wish the film had handled differently, is that my understanding is Deadpool's meant to be this guy who, like, almost being able to break the fourth wall is one of his superpowers, you know? Mm. It's almost like he, his wit and everything, um, comes with regenerative, regenerative, I can't say it regenerative powers and that sort of thing. So it kind of bugs me in this film that he... There's other characters who crack wise throughout and are sort of on equal pegging with him in terms of being funny. Um, Not just witty, but like that metal man early, like one of the first scenes with the metal guy, it's him saying like, here, you must eat this. Breakfast is the most important meal of day. And it's like, this is a comedy scene. This isn't like a serious yeah. X-Men scene that will, uh, that Deadpool yeah, is going to crash if you, and the joke yeah, if is you that create... he's this funny guy in this serious world. Yeah, exactly. You, you um, create the character that is out of place in the world. So you create a yeah. completely straight superhero film and then drop someone in who's going to break, who's going to, you know, burst yeah, the pomposity and, of it. And that's it. My my understanding is really the that Deadpool's almost meant to be like the mask, you know, it's like a normal world, a normal guy who gets turned into this character who's just, like, a bit of a nutcase, and I don't know, I just kind of feel like the film could have done a better job of, like, the minute he gains his powers also being the minute that he kind of starts turning to camera and winking, and but then obviously it plays with uh, chronology enough that that would have been very difficult to pull off, and what have you. Because um, it, it, it's very weird how this film like, <laughs> is structured. We open on this car crash, then we like go back in time to like before the car crash, like a few minutes, and then we go back in time like to set up the two character. years. Yeah, it, but it's weird to kind of jump back twice like that, and then we come forward again, and then, I don't know, it's You'd you'd think if they were going to do it, they would just acknowledge that yeah. they were doing a flashback within a flashback, which they don't. <laughs> well, whenever you see arbitrary structural changes like that, I always think this wasn't a very interesting script, and they've had to try and <laughs> just twist <laughs> it about a little bit. Um, well, one the of case. them's only it's only because they had that idea for the opening credit slow motion sequence and thought, oh, that'd be great. But we can't but start it's in kind an of jarring scene. to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see, uh, here's a note about how much this annoyed me, um, so he's, uh, he's in bed with the, the love interest woman, and, uh, they're talking about Star Wars, and he goes, huh, Star Wars, and she goes, Empire, correcting him for getting the correct name of the film, 
uh, and just not specifying that he meant Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back as opposed to Star Wars. Now, I hate this for two, two reasons, because <laughs> number one... Number one, he wasn't even wrong, so she's correcting him for no reason. Mm. Number two, it's this fucking trope that I cannot stand and I hate <laughs> that's so prevalent in like the Big Bang Theory and and uh, How I Met Your Mother and just real low-grade comedy. It's this idea that, wait, a woman who likes Star Wars? <laughs> mm. Oh my god, a woman who likes the most popular film franchise of all time? Well, you're gonna want to marry this one, because hoo-hoo-wee, that's what we call a unicorn, folks. <laughs> a woman who likes Star Wars, whoo, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, it, plus it's, it's just, really it's just not realistic, because no women like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, can I can I get really on a on a off on one about something that shouldn't be a problem but really annoys me? Okay. And this film does repeatedly, but there's a particularly heinous example of it. Um so this guy turns up who looks exactly like Agent Smith from The Matrix mm. and is clearly being cast to look like Agent Smith from The Matrix and then costume of dressed him to look like Agent Smith from The Matrix and then the director is said just do it like Agent Smith from The Matrix. And they're talking, and then Deadpool sort of goes, Hey, check out Agent Smith over here, am I right? <laughs> and you men go, Ha-ha! Nice one! He does look like Agent Smith! <laughs> um, oh. Which I think, th- this for me is... Um, this is the most perfect example of why the writing in this film is hacky. And... This is actually something Dan Harmon's gone on about in his podcast. He and Rob Schraub used to... They coined a, a term, the Monopoly guy, to refer to this when they were writing scripts. Alan, do you do you have any idea what this might refer to? Uh, what, the Monopoly guy being the quintessential posh rich guy. It's uh, specifically in reference to a scene from Ace Ventura yeah. when nature calls. You must be and... the Monopoly guy. Exactly. <laughs> There's a scene where this guy who's been cast, dressed, etc., to look like the Monopoly guy comes down the stairs and Ace Ventura goes over and sort of goes, I'm Ace Ventura and you must be the Monopoly guy! And you're meant to be like, nice one, Ace, you've put him in his place. And it's 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 such an overused trope. Adam Sandler did the exact same thing in Mr. Deeds. Uh, when he calls someone the Monopoly guy over there. Um, there's loads of films that do it. And, you know, it doesn't even have to be a character. Uh, there's a film called Stepsisters that came out recently. And in the trailer, there's a, a bit with a um, a wrestling belt looking bit of costume. This woman's wearing a belt and she's like, oh, do you like my new belt? And they're like, yeah. Uh, which wrestling championships did you win it in? <laughs> and it's just kind of like if you write something to be, like, purely there to then joke about how stupid it is. Mm. It's, like, such a cheap joke. It's barely even a joke. And this film does it repeatedly. And, like I say, I think it's just the perfect summation of why the writing in this film is cheap and hacky. Mm. Uh, The Agent Smith one's particularly egregious, but there's, you know... uh, you're going to leave me all alone with less angry Rosie O'Donnell? There's a lot of examples of it. That one's not as bad, because he's he's saying she's less angry than Rosie O'Donnell, so he's at least putting a, a bit of a an extra layer on it. But hmm. Anyway. Do you think this, this like the, these kinds of gags, I mean, I don't know if there's much in there that's terribly original. 
Um, like, as you've said, Sol, would this kind of thing work if you took all the superhero elements out of this film? <laughs> or is it I was just, wondering this. Does it just work? Was it just the right thing at the right time because there yeah. wasn't anything else <laughs> like it? Uh, I think that... I think that's it. I think if this was a if this was just a straight comedy mm. and there was no superhero element, I think it would be a really weak film, and it would be the kind of it'd be like the hundreds of Will Ferrell movies no one cares about that come out mm. every year and come and go. Kevin Hart comedies, um, and people would probably have gone to see it. Maybe some would have laughed. It wouldn't have left a lasting impression. It wouldn't have been very well received. Mm. And it probably wouldn't be that good, but it's because you are taking um, an otherwise serious genre. And I know, I know the um, someone at Fox made a huge thing about. Well, of course it worked because you were you were taking this po-faced serious thing of superheroes and cutting them down to size. And it's like, mm. well, have you ever seen a Marvel like cinematic universe film? They're not. <laughs> They're not that serious. They're already like practically comedies. They mm. they kind of know their place. But mm. like you say, I think it hit at the right time in the superhero. Um, mm. And this one was boom. doing jokes that Marvel wouldn't do. Like you know, this that's was the other thing. The... the R rating is a yeah, huge no, part of. Not yeah. that it was as like shocking because I was the same as you. So I saw this in the cinema and. It was like, it, there was not only laughter, but there was like real, like, oh, oh, like yeah. real, like, noises. They shot him in the bum! <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's sort of like, maybe we're just, I don't know, if something is like really getting off on its own ability to shock, as I think this film does, it's it's tough when we've seen things like Pink Flamingos and yeah. John Waters Fair, <laughs> which is some genuinely shocking well, stuff. Uh, There's nothing here South Park hasn't done, you know? It's well, yeah. Not, it's yeah. really not that... If if they, you know, if they had the Prophet Muhammad show up in the middle of Deadpool, <laughs> then, like, maybe maybe I would have sat up and been like, ooh, wow, wasn't yeah. expecting that. It's just um, how safe it plays it with its mm. shocking humour, and I put that in quotations, because I don't know if there's much of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, I just find that annoying. Because it does pull punches. It isn't quite as uh, outrageous as its fan base would make it out to be. I don't yeah. think. I think you've made a. Yeah. You, I think you've made a point there. It made me think of something that I think if I'd watched this film in a cinema with a, an audience who were laughing and reacting, I probably would have hated it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, whenever I. <laughs> Whenever I see, you know, that mob mentality of people enjoying something, it just makes me feel... <laughs> uh, I, I really like the the montage song in Deadpool. I think that's the that's when it's kind of operating at its best. They have this stupid little rap over a montage with Deadpool rapping about how great he is. Mm. And even, even that isn't amazing, but that's kind of when the film's, like, operating at a level where I think, yeah, all right. Hmm. I know. We, I know what you're talking about. Like, Just there's, me. you know, the bit where he 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 cuts off his hand, and so the hand grows back slowly, and yeah. so for a while he has this little baby hand, and when he, he like caresses this woman with it, it's kind of really weird and creepy, and yeah. I thought that was quite funny. But then they had to draw too much attention to it, and he said like he was gonna. Yeah, yeah. That that was exactly the sort of thing. If that had just been his hand for the rest of the film, <laughs> it would have been really funny. That but is instead... like a character in Scary Movie too. There is a character, <laughs> yeah. and his thing is that Take he just has a little hand, hand, and he like. I know. Yeah, yeah. But, and so that just if, made me think if, of that. If, 
But if the whole thing had been like they don't even draw attention to it and that is just his hand for the rest of the film and it's kind of subtle, that would have been a great joke. But it's because, like you say, they, they make a big thing out of it. They're all like, hey, he's wanking with a little hand. <laughs> but yeah, and he says, but like, he says like, oh, it's going to feel huge in this. But then at least go through with that and then like go like, oh, he can't get it going because it feels like he's being wanked off by a child. Like at least follow through on the joke. <laughs> like... <laughs> Can we talk about the um, the taxi driver who... Yes, I, I've been saving this note, but ah, yes, nice. okay. I was astonished uh, by this character when I watched mm. this film, and I, mm. I still can't quite fathom that this character was put in a mainstream film in 2016, and there hasn't been... Why would you get Hank Azaria to play it, though? I don't understand why they did that. <laughs> <laughs> ah, I, like, I'm, not even, I'm not even necessarily saying there's a problem with the character, just that, like... I cannot believe there hasn't been more of a backlash against mm. it. Mm. Given given the backlash against Apu, for example, from The Simpsons, and mm. various other characters, and insensitivity with Hollywood whitewashing and casting in general, mm. I cannot believe this film just does the most ridiculous, like the most obvious, blatant stereotype of. Um, uh, an a- like a- a- an Asian character, mm. um, Dopinder the taxi driver. It's it's a guy doing the thick accent. I'm sure the actor doesn't have that accent in real life. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I don't know, but um, I just couldn't believe they were so kind of unaware in such a meta film to not even draw attention to the fact that they were. I kept waiting for the joke about how. Um, you know, the the actor doesn't actually have that accent or mm. how he's like an outdated stereotype. But instead, the character's just like really badly treated by Deadpool kind of shifts into this like beta male se- like servant mode of just like, yeah, you don't even have to pay me. Like, I'm just in awe of yeah. you, Deadpool. I think you're brilliant. Not, mm. not even Deadpool, Mr. Pool. I think you're so great, Mr. Pool. Um, well, you can't do that. Then is like completely unhinged yeah, 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 later yeah. on when he like <laughs> kidnaps someone, and I think perhaps that was them trying to give him his his character development and maybe not being. But, but even that just plays like he's some creepy mm. foreign guy. Uh, nothing yep. about yep. this character works, and I think it's quite just. It's just remarkable that it it exists in this film <laughs> well, in 2016. I can't couldn't agree more. Could not agree more. Well, speaking of weak supporting characters, uh, he also has... He lives with this blind woman um, who... That never really goes anywhere, this character. Yeah. And we're not... I'm, I'm, I don't know if that... Is that from the comics, maybe? They just didn't get into it? I think it, it must be. Because it just needed that... She just needed more time to say things, to do things, to create mm. a character. Or yeah, I, I I think I base this on nothing, but I'm almost certain she's in the comics. I don't think Dopinder is. <laughs> I might be wrong, but um, we haven't really talked about the main villain played by Ed. Oh, Ray- Ed, Ed, forgettable. What Ed. a dull, well, yeah, the exactly. most banal, bland character, the ever. blandest villain. Yeah. Um, it feels yeah, like they yeah. deliberately cast bland actors in a lot of these supporting roles yeah. just because... Well, I mean, first of all, the budget, I guess, wasn't there to cast mm. 
big stars well, or anything. You don't need a big star though. Just pick someone with a bit of personality, an unknown actor. Yeah, who's yeah got... you're getting a British actor. Get 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 like the cream of you know British drama who hasn't broken America yet to come and be. In yeah, don't tell me you can't afford to get Toby Jones doing an Austrian accent or something. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I think I. I recognise his face. Is he a model or something? Because I don't know if I've just seen him in crap films or what. Yeah. But he has got that kind of r- r- rough, rough and ready model look. He just seems like the kind of actor who would be perfectly cast in like a director streaming, you know, low budget action film or something, uh, as like a hench person or a villain or something. He seemed like someone that I would cast as Jason Statham's body double for when he can't be asked to like stand on set when they're doing the lighting. <laughs> oh, well, it's funny you should say that because I've just looked him up on the on the whatever this thing is, IMDb, and one of his film credits is The Transporter Refueled, which appears to be a reboot of The Transporter with him instead of Jason Statham. No way. <laughs> That is I mean, insane. Yeah, I mean, why not? <laughs> okay, I'm I, mean, it's... I don't know who else I'd cast as a young Jason Statham, so... His Nicholas other... Holt. His That's other... who I'd cast as a young Jason Statham. Yeah, His he's... other name is the Dinner Lady Pimp. Like, he's some kind of musician, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> okay. Yeah, alright. Uh, anyway, that's... That's more interesting than he deserves, actually. That's that's something. Um. Any anything else? Um. What about the director? Who is he? Tim Miller. Yeah. Oh, Tim Miller. Yeah. Is yeah, he yeah. is he connected um, to TJ Miller? <laughs> oh. I don't. I don't think so. Um. Uh, not coming back for the sequel. Oddly enough. No, he's busy directing the next Terminator film. It's a solidly directed film. It's got a bit of flair here and there. Like, yeah, yeah. Decent, the thing. It's, decent it's, effort. It's mm. another one of those things where it's like the, the whole thing is fine for a certain kind of person, just not really for me. Yeah, this kind of humor yeah. isn't. You know, it's it's not my cup of tea, quite frankly. And well, yeah, I, it's just it's just a bit lowbrow. And this, I I love meta self aware humor, but I I need it to be. A bit more clever than yeah. Good eye, mate. I'm Hugh Jackman. Wank my balls off, mate. Mm. It's just like, which is I'm paraphrasing, but that's basically a joke. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I I think this character would work better in a straight film where he pops in, punctures everything, and then pops out again, like an ensemble film, Mm. like The Avengers or something. Where you're like not, the Avengers. Yeah, you're not having to exactly. concentrate on him completely. He just comes in. And, like in the same way that Iron Man was grating on me after a while, like the way Robert Downey Jr. does yeah. Iron Man. In the Avengers, it's okay. It's diluted, you know? It's, it's Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I, I completely agree. And I, I know that um, they're kind of building to him being part of an ensemble very soon. Uh, he's in something called the X-Force, um, in the comics, which is one of the many, many superhero teams like the Avengers. Um, and I believe the X-Force is being assembled in Deadpool 2. Mm, but yes. um, they're also working on an X-Force spin-off film, which is quite mm. bizarre, because if you're going to do it in Deadpool 2, how's that going to be distinguishable from Deadpool 2 and 3? If it's just another Deadpool movie, I, like I don't know, but 
I, I read an interview somewhere, I can't remember who it was, a producer, writer or whatever, but they were talking about how the X-Force is going to spin off and become a bigger, sort of grander franchise, but the Deadpool films are going to stay sort of lower budget, um, smaller scale, and that's going to be the distinction between the two of them. It's weird that they're cross-pollinating like that. I mean, I don't know if X-Force is going to be like R-rated fair, but it, I find it curious that they would launch a franchise that maybe have a slightly different target demographic than yeah. this. Um, it's it's interesting how much of the X Men like franchise is going R rated though. I'm glad it is because it means that they uh, are able to offer something genuinely different from yeah, yeah. everyone else at the moment. But you know, obviously with Logan, it, it meant that we got a legitimately mature superhero film, um, and and you know, with Deadpool, it meant that we got an incredibly puerile one, but. Um, but even the next one, not the next one, but the one after, New New Mutants, which they're making as a, a horror film, uh, very consciously, it's going to be a horror film, but it's an X-Men movie, and it's kind of like the horror of becoming a mutant, I think, almost. it. I think that's a really great way to find new life in, in a, an oversaturated genre, but certainly a genre that has plenty of corners to explore. Yeah, um, yeah, and you know it's a great way to set themselves apart from what Marvel is doing, which because mm, mm. they've kind of they've pretty much nailed that you know family friendly, squeaky clean superhero um, thing. So yeah, mm. um, I completely agree. Yeah, speaking of what Marvel's doing, uh, Josh Brolin's playing the villain in the next Deadpool film as well. Oh. That's interesting. It's it's odd that, isn't it? Thanos and Cable. Um, mm. Cable, of course, being set up in this film's post-credit scene. Did you enjoy the post-credit scene, Alan? Yeah, this is my favourite bit. <laughs> I was going to say it's one of my favourite parts of uh, of the film. Yeah. Did you see it, Calvin? Uh, no, I didn't. No. Oh, do you not? No. It's. <laughs> It's just like a shot-for-shot recreation of the post-credit little joke from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, basically. Deadpool comes out wearing a dressing gown. What's he say, Alan? Oh, yeah, I read about this, sorry. You're you're still here? No, go, go home. It's the end of the film, that's what Ferris Bueller does. But in this one, he he says a bit more. He he does that, and then he just goes, oh, by the way, Cable's going to be the villain in the next one. We haven't cast him yet, but it'll be cool. All right, see you. And then at the very end, he, he sticks his head back out and goes, me bow bow which actually made me, <laughs> made me laugh more than anything else in the film. <laughs> but that, that would have been... Uh, that, that's something we used to do a lot when we lived together, wasn't it, Alan? I don't even know why. But that's definitely... Wait, how did that even happen? How did that start when we do that? But that's definitely something. It was where... like a call and response, though. One of us would go bow, bow. <laughs> the other one would have to go. Chick, chick. <laughs> um, that was definitely something where I was kind of I was waiting for him to go. Get it? It's Ferris Bueller. See? Yeah. Like it was like yeah. they 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 have to hammer everything home, but they didn't, which was which was good about. Um, I do have one more thing I want to uh, mention. Um, and when part of the integral part of the story is that. He, 
he gets really fucked up, like due to this mutation. So he looks really weird, and so he can't he can't face going back to his girlfriend because she'll obviously be completely repulsed by him. And like he walks down the street, and people are like, "Oh my fucking god, look at the state of that guy's face, man!" <laughs> and I just think if you're gonna do that, you need to make him look really fucked up. You can't make yeah. him look like he may have had some minor burns, <laughs> like because it's not even. I yeah, I agree. Like you really I think have in to the make comics, him. Look, he is more of a yeah. Like if he has to walk around with a mask all the time just because if he walks in the street, people will stare at him. That's that's why he couldn't face going back. I can see that. But as he looks, he just kind of looks like he's got that kind of old old age makeup on. Yeah. You know, it looks, <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that in the, is it near the start with Dopinder? He says something like, oh yeah, well look at this and pulls his mask off yeah. and your mentor as an audience go, oh my God. But you're kind of just like, what, has he been in the bath too long? Like, what? <laughs> What's wrong? But yeah, if you've seen, you've ever seen people with like, like serious facial, like when they've been burned or something like that, serious facial injuries, and it's considerably worse than that, you know, it can be. Mm. And, you, and you know those people that exist out there, and if you saw them walking down the street, you might go, oh God, they must have had some sort of accident. You wouldn't like whisper to your friend, oh, look at that guy, what's fucking, oh, fuck his face, really fucked up. Well, maybe some people would, but... <laughs> look at that guy, it's a monster. <laughs> yeah. It's a real life monster. <laughs> but we, we had this same discussion when we did Frankenstein and it was with the Robert De Niro one where he plays this monster and it's like, he just looks like a big guy with a couple of scars on his face. It's like, you've got yeah. to be more fucked up with that if you're going to have people recoiling in horror. At least Frankenstein mm. was set in the olden days when <laughs> you can believe people were easier to freak out. Well, no, now you just sort that. of get people walking down the street and sort of looking out of the corner of their eye and trying not to look for too long and looking away, but they're still kind of fascinated and want to look. And a, but. Yeah, and a, a, like a, a five-year-old just staring and then the mother kind of like, ushers them along, like, don't, don't look, don't look. <laughs> <laughs> <It's rude. laughs> exactly, exactly. Did, did, Calvin, did people used to do that to you? <laughs> to me? To me? Bef- before you got your teeth fixed. <laughs> um... <laughs> Oh man, TJ Miller would have a field day with those teeth, Calvin. He would improvise for like, I think he'd go for a full yeah. like ten hours on, I you, on I can those teeth. Well, definitely a, sto- a Stonehenge joke coming in. <laughs> Calvin, can you do a good TJ Miller impression? He strikes me like someone that you'd be able to do an impression of. Really? Yeah. I can't even think of his voice right now, which is weird because he's been in so much that I've seen. Like, how does he? In- he's kind of like. He's kind of sort of like, I don't know yeah. what I'm doing. What? <laughs> I don't know. Dude! <laughs> Whoa! It's like Keanu Reeves. Anyway. Shall we, shall we rate? I guess it's a six for me. Like, I did enjoy it. I, it's fine for what it is. Um, well, yeah, it's a seven for me. A, Just, what? Well, yeah, it's a seven? Of, well, yeah, I, I enjoyed it in that very, what? like, base-level way. Oh, fuck. Well, I said I enjoyed it. Yeah, but then you were going, on, oh, I'm going to be a dissenting voice on this, my notes are nothing but complaints. Yeah, because, well, okay. you know, I can sit through it and enjoy it. If it had been, if this film had been what I think it was for Joe Public, I'd be giving it an eight or a nine. <laughs> for, like, if it had been that for me, yeah, I would have. You know, but it, it, mm. I I saw through the I saw through the cracks, guys. I know yeah. I know your game. Mm. That's why it's only a seven. Mm. 
Alan? Uh, well, I gave it, and I do feel like I was being very generous here. And I'm sure if I watched oh it again, it would be lower. But I gave it a, a very low eight. Huh. Because I enjoyed it. That's a respectable um, score overall, then. I'm surprised, yeah. Well, you know, I just I wanted to call out the the problems I have with it and address mm. the flaws, but it's it's all right. It's not a bad film. It, it's entertaining, and hmm. it did come along at the right time, and, you know... Well, mm. well performed from Ryan Reynolds, and good on them for getting behind it finally over at Fox. So, uh, should we talk about the sequel um, that's upcoming? Yeah, uh, I don't I'm know. not terribly excited. I'm really unexcited. I'm really uninterested. I just don't care. <laughs> you know, and I, I've seen the box office projections for this, and they're saying that oh, it's probably not going to do as good as the first one, and I can't imagine it will because I think the first one was just it came along at the right mm. time, and uh, it is going to be a case of diminishing returns for any hey. sequels. Um, I do think it's going to be one of those things where they're like, oh, they like this kind of joke. Let's do that five yeah. times. They like this reference. Let's do that five times. I feel like it's going to be Do you think be there'll be some uh, Austin Powers-esque, let's literally bring back loads of jokes from the first film and do them even longer type bits as well? <laughs> I um, See, with a film like this, I was really hoping they'd be like, right, we've we've kind of dipped our toe in the water, it worked, now we can get really off the wall and have some really obscure references and like really freak them out a bit. But I don't think they're going to. I think like Alan says, it's going to be very like, oh, they enjoyed this, let's do that even more. Let's play it safe again. Let's uh, kind of... And the trailer certainly, you know, suggests it's going to be very much more of the same. Other than this villain in it, Cable, who we're meant to all care about, because fans of the comics care about him, I think. But, like, I don't care. <laughs> He's a guy with a robot arm. All right? I have no idea. I've not even seen a trailer. I've, uh... I watched seen posters, but yeah. I watched it. one of the trailers purely because he. In fact, I think it was a teaser trailer, purely because he was doing a parody of uh, those Bob Ross painting shows. Have you ever seen yeah. those? Where he's, is that he's... the ones that they watch in Peep Show? Yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> and it, the trailer was just Deadpool with like a wig on, like painting in that studio, made to look exactly like it. Going, okay, we're gonna put a. A little bush over here, and uh, paint a tree here, a nice little tree, and uh, and then they had some quick cuts of actual like shots from the film, and but you know that that's the sort of thing I like because it's a it's a fairly obscure reference compared no, to well, like, that's that's exactly and, what I think is not an obscure reference because that's practically a it's not obscure, but that is no, that's not exactly obscure, the level to the first one. that's exactly the demographic they're aiming at though like, people who go on the internet and look at memes and go oh I remember Bob Ross yeah, yeah he was do you remember him no I was not old enough but I've seen him, <laughs> I've seen him on the internet I've seen clips of it I, I don't know I think I think doing a full blown Bob Ross like recreation is beyond anything in the first film for with regards to it being a bit out there and I think that's probably just because it's the trailer so they felt like they could be a bit more weird and avant-garde with it. It's you know it's obviously not that obscure or weird, but it is compared to anything in the first film. Um, I do quite like the idea of being in a packed cinema and then you know this trailer comes on and it is a guy dressed as Bob Ross painting and you know, but uh, 
yeah, I, I just think the new one's probably going to be very much more of the same. And I hope I'm wrong. It doesn't have to be. It could be, you know, great, but... I was thinking, uh, I guess this will take us into a discussion of our own ideas, I suppose, but Ryan Reynolds, he's got the talk, right? He's got a kind of that pattern. He's got the personality, but I just feel like this character would be better served by someone, say, like a young Jim Carrey, who can completely kind of embody a character. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think he's just a bit too normal bloke to 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 pull I, off Deadpool. That's fine when you're being when you're being Steve Perry or whatever he is when he's not Deadpool. But when you're Deadpool, Wade, Wade that's, Wilson. I that's it, Wade Wilson. Steve. <laughs> Steve Perry. Steve. <laughs> but when but when when you be, and and exactly I'm using Jim Carrey as an example because of the mask. He he plays yeah. uh, Stanley Ipkiss or whatever Ipkiss. the character is. And is and name. he's kind of an eccentric character anyway, but then when he comes the mask he's completely over the top. And it feels like it needs that switch maybe or did you know Alan that the mask was based on a comic book series and is arguably a superhero much in the same way Deadpool is? Uh, no, but I'm not surprised. It seem that makes sense. Yeah, that it's based on a comic book. Yeah, uh, he's he's very much the same kind of archetypical thing as as Deadpool, really. But um, I'll tell you what sort of really made me think about it is when he's trying to fight Colossus, and it breaks his wrists every time he hits him, and then he breaks his foot. And I just I could see Jim Carrey doing that because phys- it was such physical comedy where his hands were flailing about. Like, Hasn't just... Jim Carrey done that exact thing in a film where he hits someone and then he's like <laughs> like on the ground grabbing well, his Well, that's, and... yeah, like Ace Ventura, I think. That's an Ace Ventura thing. But yeah, but like that was the moment where I thought that f- that's physical comedy that Jim Carrey would really blow out of the park. And I'm just using Jim Carrey as an example, but like I think that's... That's a a real personality that's one in a million, really. That you, whereas Ryan Reynolds is more like one in a thousand. I <laughs> yeah, I, I do agree with you. I think that the reason people were so behind and are so behind Ryan Reynolds is because he played the character in X Men Origins Wolverine, where he was just like a normal guy, and it was a far more um, not grounded exactly film, but it wasn't this Deadpool showcase. So he was going toe-to-toe with, you know, the other people in that film, and it was an otherwise serious film. And it wasn't a full-on Deadpool thing. And I think people were so disappointed that he did a good job playing the character only to get his mouth sewn up that they were completely on board with then having him get a proper chance at doing the character properly. Uh, but no, I, I do agree with you, Alan. I, I, I don't think Deadpool necessarily needs like any physical uh, comedy about what he does. But I, yeah, I, I do think perhaps. But then this, this is it. Who would you even? You'd probably have to cast a, an almost unknown, really. Or get someone off a sketch show like they did with Jim Carrey for The Mask, I guess. Um, hmm. So what would you do for um, a sequel? Like, I, it's tough because the story there is very little story anyway. It's just Deadpool gets revenge on a guy. Yeah, uh, it's going to be sort of concept driven, whatever it is. I think. Well, I well, what, what, this what's is why like I think a very 
Go on. I think in terms of if we're pitching an idea, we should try and do something different. Like not just, oh, what's mm. this? Because the sequel is just going to be more of the same. It's like, oh, here's yeah. a villain he's going after. But what, what basically what I was thinking of was uh, if this film had been made earlier, uh, like maybe 15, 20 years earlier, and it was the um, Kevin Smith uh, written starring Jason Lee version of Deadpool. <laughs> because mm-hmm. but there was bits of this where Ryan, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds really reminded me of Jason Lee. Uh, yeah. And I was yeah, just thinking, no, oh, I wonder if you get a young Jason Lee and Kevin Smith writing it. And you know what? Ryan Reynolds would be a great Dave uh, Chappelle or whatever he's... No, not Dave Chappelle. What's he called? Dave Seville in the yeah. Chipmunks films when they reboot those. <laughs> yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I was thinking that. And then you'd get like the young Ben Affleck in as the villain or something. Mm. <laughs> um, but yeah, doesn't this sort of thing strike you as something Kevin Smith could be quite good on, a, on the writing team? Yeah. Like yeah, he would definitely. bring the right, no, the right level well of pop culture do. to it, and and kind it's of... it's his writing style. You need someone who's going to do the kind of quote unquote witty put downs and pop culture references. Yeah. Although Kevin Smith, I Smith's was shocked a by some more... of the things in Zach and Mary make a porno. Shocked in what way? <laughs> well, in the way Deadpool didn't shock you. Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was more shocking to see that man get pooed on than. Uh... Anything in Deadpool? To me, the obvious way to follow up Deadpool was you bring Hugh Jackman back as Wolverine for one last hurrah. That's obviously not going to happen at this point. I think he's done and dusted with the character. Having seen Logan now, I'm kind of glad that that's the end of Wolverine. And you know, yeah, I think the way the way that film was received and lauded. That's that's the line under it that Hugh yeah. Jackman needed. If it hadn't gone that well, he might have gone, oh, let's do something else. But because but it's I like do... you go off on a high, like do that, boom. Mm. But Patrick Stewart said he was up for it before changing his mind and kind of going back and forth on it. I do think, mm. I, I do struggle to think of anything that would be better than a kind of Deadpool, Patrick Stewart, buddy cop team up. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because Patrick Stewart is a funny guy. He's mm. he's a really funny man just like in his normal day-to-day life. He he's got he's done so many examples of like comedy now. Um mm. he's a very good comedy performer. I think he could really go toe to toe with Ryan Reynolds and it would be a whole new side of uh Professor Xavier that we haven't got before. And I don't think it's going to taint the legacy in quite the same way for him. He isn't defined by Professor X in the way that Hugh Jackman is defined by Wolverine. Mm, um, mm, mm. So I think we should get Patrick Stewart in whatever we So do, are you talking about having Patrick Stewart as Professor X, or are you talking about having Patrick Stewart as Patrick Stewart? What about because both? Even <laughs> oh right, Deadpool goes to Hollywood. Deadpool goes to Hollywood. That's exactly <gasps> what I was going to say. <laughs> That's it. Oh my god, we get Hugh Jackman in as Hugh Jackman, but not as Wolverine. Yeah. He, I bet you, he'd do that. Yeah, definitely he would. Ooh, yeah. Deadpool goes to Hollywood because they're making a Deadpool <gasps> film, and he. Deadpool needs to recruit Wolverine for his superhero team for some very specific reason that we set up. It has to be Wolverine. <laughs> he can't get him. Because he's retired or something, or he's dead, or he's in hiding, or whatever. There's a way to kind of do a meta joke on him being in hiding, but yeah. And so he goes to Hollywood to kidnap Hugh Jackman 
to dress him up and pass him off as Wolverine. Because he just needs <laughs> to look the part. So he's like, but, don't worry, I'll do the fighting, but I just need you to look like you've got, I've got backup. <laughs> Deadpool and Wolverine are like quite closely linked characters, I think, because they both have the same um, regenerative, bleh, regenerative superpower as their kind of main thing. I think well, they're both kind of part of the Weapon X program, aren't they? Yeah, or... yeah, I, mm. yeah. So they're quite. I think they've got quite a bit of history in the comics. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I really like this. He goes to Hollywood, kidnaps Hugh Jackman. Maybe Patrick, Patrick Stewart has to come and rescue him. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Patrick Stewart, Ian McKellen, James Marsden, Halle Berry. Well, no, we don't. No, we don't want James Marsden or Halle Berry. <laughs> Oh. But Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen on a road movie yes. where they have to go and rescue <laughs> Oh my uh, Hugh god, Jackman. yes. Yes. And and you could have it that uh Ian McKellen's just drunk all the time and Patrick Stewart has to do <laughs> Patrick Stewart has to do all the driving, it really pisses him off. Are they are they preparing for a play they're doing together as well whilst yes. they're on the road? So they're Yes. <laughs> and and so they keep doing line they keep rooting through lines while they're doing yeah. it. <laughs> oh, this would be amazing! I actually love the sound of this. Yeah, and so. and I think near the end it should become apparent that he he can't just pass Hugh Jackman off as Wolverine, so he actually has to put him through the like same <laughs> process that Wolverine went through, giving him adamantium mm-hmm. bones and everything. <laughs> what if Ian McKellen always carries around a pug? Now that would be fine. Does he do that in real life? Because it seems like something he would do in real life. I can completely believe it. I just like the idea that Ian McKellen is just like really annoying in every way, and Patrick Stewart's like having a pull with him. <laughs> like... He, like Ian McKellen strikes me like if you could tell me Ian McKellen has an Instagram account that he started that's wildly popular, and all it is is pictures of his pug. Like, that's all he posts, and I would believe you. And he, uh, it's just pictures of uh, novelty egg cups that he finds in uh, charity <laughs> stores. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, so they're on the road. I'm actually having a look now. You they're on the road. On they're, go- they're touring um, Comic Cons, like, throughout America. And so they're, but they're tra- to save money, Patrick Stewart is driving <laughs> between them. <laughs> and, so, and so, but Ian McKellen insists on stopping at every uh, Walmart that they pass. <laughs> So that you can buy a key a keychain of the local area as a souvenir. What about if they that when they while they're traveling they have to stay in motels and uh, they're sharing a room to save money, and uh, Ian McKellen keeps making like uh, like uh, over the top like deliberately flirtatious things because it winds Patrick Stewart up. I think, he's like, I think he's like, I'm be not better. gay. Everyone thinks what? I'm gay together with you. Stop it. I think what would be better is, yeah, not even that, but like when they're checking in, Patrick Stewart's really insecure about the fact that it looks like they're gay. So he's kind of going out of his way to be like, like that episode of Extras where, where Ricky Gervais is with Ian McKellen trying to appear to be straight in front of his mates. And they're, they're, they're like, yeah. So he's really going out of his way to be like, Oh, look how straight I am. Ooh. <laughs> Did I ever tell you the time about when I had sex with um, <laughs> Beverly Crusher? Who, who's a woman? That he... <laughs> and, and yeah. uh, you know, he, trying to trying to make out how straight he is, and then Ian McKellen's like, you know, come to come to bed, darling, or whatever. And he's like, oh. There are some really sweet photos of the two of them on. 
Ian McKellen's Instagram account. There's one of them at New Year's Eve pulling crackers together and then wearing the paper crowns. <laughs> well, they're 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 really good friends. Do you know why? They're, they're yeah. Why they yeah they have similar personalities. They, they like, like each other. Things, same thing. Yeah, but they they were doing a <laughs> they were doing a play together, and. No. I think it was Ian McKellen, basically You like said, novelty egg cups too? <laughs> <laughs> he basically said to him, look, for this play, we need to be, like, ridiculously close and know each other inside and out because of the play we're doing. And he's like, hey, what are you going on about? I've heard about your time. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he basically said, so look, I'm renting this, uh, this apartment near the theatre. Come and live with me for like six months or however long it is in rehearsals, and they they just like moved in together for like the rehearsal <laughs> period and lived together Aww. as like old roommates, and they're like best mates ever since, from what I gather. Oh, that's sweet. They are really nice. I know that Ian McKellen got like officiated or something so that he could marry Patrick Stewart and his current wife. <laughs> how much? As in, as in, like perform the ceremony, <laughs> not marry both, marry both of them. them yeah. Uh, how much younger than Patrick Stewart is his current wife? I bet it's considerable, isn't it? I think she is like 45 or something like that. Let me yeah, have a look. I need to... You know, we've pitched a Deadpool sequel where uh, we all seem very disinterested in Deadpool <laughs> and more interested in Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen. Well, the, way we, the way we've gone, we've basically cast Deadpool as the villain who kidnaps Hugh Jackman <laughs> and then we spend That's most good. of the time with Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen like, on That's the road meta, trying <laughs> to track him down <laughs> in between Comic-Con appearances. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, here's an age gap for you. Patrick Stewart is currently 77, and his wife is 39. <laughs> Classic. <laughs> they got married five years ago. That's good. I, like, I love it. To be fair, though, Patrick Stewart doesn't look a day older than he did in the 80s, so... <laughs> yeah, but to be fair, in the 80s he looked 67, so... Yeah, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's the trade-off. <laughs> One of my exes did that. She aged like ten years overnight, but now she seems to be sat at that level for like forever. So it's mm. it's a bit like how Sean Connery went from like young to old, but then he stayed like a good kind of old for. That's like, just because he stopped years. wearing a wig. <laughs> That's why it happened overnight. <laughs> yeah. Do you think we can get Sean Connery out of retirement for this film we're doing, Deadpool 2? <laughs> I bet Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen would hate Sean Connery. They would, they would not get would on. That would be a great cameo where the two run into... They like, they're in a casino or something on their road trip, and they're like, Oh, God. Oh, don't, don't look. Don't look. <laughs> Sean. Oh! Sean Patrick, it's me. Sean Connery. <laughs> Fancy seeing you here. Oh, um, yeah. No, I think Sean Connery would hate them. He'd be like, a couple of fags. <laughs> they don't play golf. They do Shakespeare plays and stuff. They're not real men like Sean Connery. Bloody Shakespearean actors. One of them tried to touch my arse in 1962. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Yeah. Okay, so the Ian McKellen, Patrick Stewart, Buddy Road movie. Deadpool 2. <laughs> Titled Deadpool 2. <laughs> yeah. I think that would be a genuinely good subversive bit that would of comedy. Be more I do. I, I think it'd be brilliant. Do, yeah. And I think you just need to get the right person to helmet. Helmet? You need someone who's good at... some. <laughs> you need someone who's good at, like... <laughs> you need someone who's good at improv-based comedy, but, like, not being too self-indulgent with it, reining it in. 
I think we should get hire the Lego movie people. Oh, you know what? And then yes. fire them halfway through production. <laughs> yes, yes. And get someone else in to make sense of it all. <laughs> uh, this, yeah. No, I, I think I think we've got a good basis there. I think we've got Patrick Stewart, I Ian McKellen, so road trip to stop Deadpool from turning Hugh Jackman into some sort of abomination by putting like he's just gonna <laughs> I don't think there's any adamantium left, so he's just gonna like ram like garden <laughs> Like washing line poles <laughs> into Hugh Jackman's body, <laughs> so that on the X-ray it'll look like he's got adamantium bones. That's it from us for this week. But if you'd like to hear more diminishing returns, then you can head over to dimreturns.com to find previous episodes, over a hundred at this at this point, uh, as well as written reviews, top one hundred movie lists and plenty of other good stuff. So long for now.